Welcome to the Bethel Church Sermon of the Week. You'll be able to find your weekly sermon podcasts in multiple languages at Bethel.com forward slash podcasts, as well as all other major podcast players. We hope you enjoy this sermon with our special guest speaker. To access other resources, visit Bethel.tv or shop.bethel.com. Busy Sunday this morning. I, I walked in um, right at the end of worship. I don't know what Ruth did, but it felt powerful. So whatever it was, you, you, you should take it. How is everyone today? All right, I'm just, let me just look at you really quickly. I'm running from service to service. So I just want to see everybody. You're looking at me, so I feel like I should look at you and that, and that you should be nervous just like I am nervous. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's going to be fine. Now, listen, I just want to be honest with you. Uh, first service, they did pretty good. There was some applause in there. They did, they did good. They did pretty good. No, no, not yet. Not yet. No, no, no. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But not yet. Now, Twinview, Twinview took it upon themselves to, um, I mean, I wouldn't call it quite a competition, but if it was one, so far they would win. But we're going to find out if you would win after the service. So again, we're not competitive, <laughs> usually, but we'll, uh, we'll see how we do. Today, that's it. And plus, um, like uh, Libby said, I, I do mostly school of ministry. And in school, to be honest, how many of you are former students? Former? Jesus loves you. Awesome. Awesome. So let me just, let me just tell you, if, you're not, if you've never been to school of ministry, you're not a student, you could roll into school of ministry. And you could go, Mary had a little lamb. And that's what would happen in school. You could preach the worst sermon of your life in school of ministry, and 14 people would go, that changed me. It changed me <laughs> deep down. So I, I'm not saying I'm the best preacher in the world. I'm just telling you what I'm used to practically <laughs> is that. So I would like a little bit of that, a little bit in, in here. So, um, yeah, we, okay, well, this all day, all day, this is what I'm going to get, all day. That's it, altar call, that's it, we're done. No, listen, let me just say really quickly before we start, we have so much going on over the summer. I want to encourage you to come to as much as you can. We, yeah. we do lots of things over the summer. Uh, to be honest, a little secret, we do it because students are supposed to not be here. So we do it for, for, ye, for ye. if you're in school, we love you as well. But for our local people that survive here in the summertime, <laughs> right? This, this summer is for you. So, uh, so please, please come to the things and do the things. And we're going to, all the, all the staff and everything is going to try to be as much as possible. If you come to, uh, to Bethel Reading Weekend, and you come to the Lake Day. I'm not promising anything, but we do have a boat that, that I'll be taking families and, and people just around the lake, and they bought me a little skipper hat, which I can't guarantee that I'm gonna wear because I saw the hat, but I have it. It's a little, yeah, it's a little Gilligan Island-esque kind of hat. There you go, well, thank you, okay. 
See, this is what I get. All right, let's, let's preach something. Uh, Bill sends his love, by the way. He's, uh, not, he's not feeling super well uh, today. He's fine. I mean, he's fine. I just want to be honest with you. He's not like he's... He should have been here. Let's be honest. He should have been here. But, but whatever. I was on the schedule, so it's good. It's totally fine. He's probably watching because he does that. I love you. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> man. All right. We're going to talk today. I'm going to need my own sermon today. We're going to talk about hope today. A bit of hope. I, I, we're going to talk about it for a couple reasons. One, I think that we should be a, a, a people of hope, right? I think this should be the most hopeful place in all of, of Reading, in all of Shasta County. I think you should roll into our city and feel hopeful. I think you should bump into people on the street and people should go, why do I like you so much, right? Because um, you, carry, you carry hope. And so this is, this is, however, a house of faith, right? I mean, people come here to, to see miracles and they, they want faith. And in scripture, it's, it's uniquely challenging to, to separate. It's really hard to separate hope and faith in scripture. They kind of go together. They overlap. And so, um, you know, I'm not a theologian. I'll let Dan figure this out for, with you later, how hope and faith are uniquely different and yet similar. Um, I'm a pastor, Pastor 101. Uh, so we're gonna talk about hope in a very pastoral way today. And um, hopefully you feel encouraged and loved and, yeah, encouraged. The way I encourage my kids to do dishes, encouraged. So, and they're all here today. I'm preaching all to them. I got so many stories about you. It's going to be amazing. So you watch today. So this is, this is payback for, all, no, I'm just kidding. It's good. If faith, if faith is what we see, now I checked this, I made this statement and I called, I, I didn't know if it was all the way right. So I called Bill. This is true. I asked Bill, I said, hey, I'm about to make this statement in church. Do you think it's, do you think it's biblical? And he listened to it and said, yeah, I'd make it. I said, all right, thanks. And he said, well, if, if it doesn't go over well, just make sure you don't tell anybody that I said it was good. <laughs> so that's really, that's really what he said. But I'm gonna say it anyway. With, and Bill, and this is Bill approved. So, so yeah, so depending on what you look on the internet, it's either good or bad. So just figure it out. Okay, um, if faith is what you see, this is a house of faith, we're always going after something. If faith, if faith is what you see, then hope is really the way you see. Hope is the way you see. And today I want to talk to you about the way that you see. <laughs> there you can see. There you go. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going to hate that by the end. Okay. Um, what, is, what is hope? Biblically, hope is to, it really means to anticipate. Usually, if, if we're believers, it's, it has a, a pleasurable, a happy connotation to it. It means to live in expectation. It means to have it means to have confidence. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 7, in the Amplified, it says uh, that hope is the joyful anticipation of good. And if you've been around Steve Backlin for five minutes, you know that this is true, right? If you've been here for, for any amount of time. Now, how many visitors do we have? I know I heard everybody screaming. First-timers? Any first-timers? You don't have to clap again. I'll just, this is more for me to see how good I have to do to keep you. No, I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. All right, just checking. Okay. Hope is the, is, the, is the joyful anticipation of good. Your, your hope, that anticipation, the expectation, the confidence, what it does in your life is it creates the lenses that you see life with. And it will also determine what lenses you think that those around you see life with. So here's what hope does. Hope, for lack of a better metaphor, hope is the glasses you wear 
But not only do you wear those glasses, you actually take those glasses and you put them on everyone else around you. And, and then you think that they think a certain way when really you think a certain way. Does that make sense? It's weird, but I'm gonna explain it to you. I'm gonna do my best anyway. All right, we'll talk about you in a moment, but let's get to all the glasses and lenses you put on other people. This is fascinating to me. They did this, they did this study uh, years ago in the 80s at, at Dartmouth University. And uh, it's come around recently and uh, I read about it and I thought, wow, this is amazing. Uh, but they did this study. And in this study, they took men and women. But for this part of the study I'm gonna talk about, it was, it was predominantly women. It was 24 women that they took. Um, yeah, women are amazing. But wait till you hear the study and then we'll see. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You're amazing. Let me just say right now, you're amazing no matter what the study says. I just want you to know that. Uh, I, with, yeah, thank you, thank you. With the love of the Lord and all the thought, we couldn't do it without you. Okay. Um, but they took, they took these 24 women and they said, we're gonna give you a, a problem and then you're gonna interact with people. And they told these women, these people don't know anything about you. They're just gonna interact with you. Oh no, they told the people, they, they're, they're gonna know about your problem. And then we want you to interact with them and we want you to tell us how they interacted with you based on the problem you had. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of? Dan's like, kind of, you can keep talking, okay. So here's the problem they gave. They gave some women, uh, uh, they said you have an allergy, which congratulations, that covers 90% of the room in here, right? They told some of these women, you have, now they didn't really have it, but they gave them epilepsy, you have epilepsy. Then they told some of the women, you have a scar. And what they did is they took a makeup artist, a uh, professional, and they put a scar on their face. And then they showed them in a little pocket mirror, they showed them the scar that was on their face. And they said, we want you to go interact with these people and let us know how they interacted with you. Did they say anything? Were they discriminatory? What, like any of, any of those things, because we wanna know how these, these things you carry affect those, those people. Okay, well, the women that had a scar, when they got up to go and go out to meet with a person, the makeup artist said, hey, let me touch that up really quick. And then as they touched it up, they actually took the scar off, but they didn't tell the woman. And so the, the women with the scar went out into the world thinking that people saw a scar, but there was no scar on their face. But when these women got back, they had to judge their conversation based on a set of criteria. Here's what's interesting. Every, every single woman basically said they felt some sort of um, like discriminatory way based off of how somebody looked at them or their language or what they said based off their interaction because they thought that person was looking at them because of their problem. Does that make sense? Here's what they didn't know. The, the person who was doing the test, hopefully I explained this well, never told those other people what problem they had. In fact, some of those people were actually paid to be there, right? And the only, the only thing that happened was they thought, those people thought they had a problem. It's confusing, I know. Except some of us walk around that way. Oddly enough, the women that came back with the scar said things like, well, they looked at me. They, they kept looking at the place where the scar was. They said these things that, were, that felt really demeaning because of, because of how my face looked. Now, is that true? 
No. What's only true is that their, their, their lens that they had in life determined the outcome of the conversation, right? You can actually have hope in the wrong thing. Do you ever have those moments in conversation, you're about to have a challenging conversation and you're like, this is gonna go bad. I can feel it, it's gonna go bad. And then it goes bad and you're like, see, I knew it. Yeah, no, that's you. Just FYI, that's you. Now I know that we think like, listen, maybe that's only, that's my neighbor, right? That's, it couldn't happen to me. Let me just, let me help you really quickly. All right, If, if it can happen to those women, it can happen to you. And here's who else it happens to. These heroes of the faith in the Bible. Okay, I want you to really understand this with me. You have a guy, Moses, who we love. Yes? Yes, yes we, we love him. He's amazing. This man sees a bush burning in the desert. A voice out of heaven. Now God, out of heaven, speaks to him right? You're on holy ground. Then says to him, you're going to free my people. And the first thing Moses said is, yeah, I don't don't talk very good. (laughs) What is happening right now? (laughs) Do you ever read scripture that way? That's why I I don't understand, right? We love Gideon. We love that story. Most of us love it because we're like, I'm like Gideon. Yeah, you are. An angel shows up for him and says, you mighty man of valor. Nah, my, my family sucks. Just an angel. You're amazing. Nah, have you seen him? Have you seen my family? I don't know. No, I don't think so. And then like 12 times later, he finally, and then we sell her, you're the, Gideon's the man. Well, no, Gideon had a, had a lens, right? Here's the other one I love. The, the, the spies that go out to spy the land for Israel. They get back. Can you take the land? Now listen, they literally walked through a sea that was parted for them. An army got swallowed up by the Lord. Can you go face those giants? I don't know, we're, we're pretty little. We're pretty little, I don't, I don't think, right? Here's what's amazing. You think that if the Lord showed up for you with an audible voice from heaven and said, I want you to go do this thing, that you would go, Yes, Lord, no problem, whatever you want. You're a liar. I just want to tell you right now, I don't know if you know this about you, but you're probably not telling the truth. How do I know? Moses, Gideon, Jeremiah, the Lord speaks. It says in the Bible, and the Lord said, you're called to be a prophet. Nah, I'm kind of young. I don't, I don't know. The Lord is speaking to them. This is like Old Testament stuff. This is, the, this is not like I had a dream. This is like, hey, 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 I think you're amazing. No, I got a scar. Have you seen the scar? I have a scar. I have an allergy. I can't do it. This is what, this is what we think about. I'm not kidding. This is crazy to me. It's crazy to me. If you, let me just tell you right now. I'm gonna pasture you up right now, right? Okay, you, often you have to, well, I got lots of thoughts. In, in school, let me just take my, my experience with school, right? So I pastor thousands of students over the course of like 20 years in school. Here's a question that pastors ask all the time. 
We talk to them, we, we, try to, we try to help students grow and develop and we say things. And then we ask this question, what did you hear me say? Do you know why we ask that question? Not because I don't know what I said, because what you heard isn't what I said, right? All the time, right? You're amazing, God's got a plan for you. You're gonna grow and develop. You're called to shape nations. What did you hear me say? I'm not good enough now. I kind of suck. I'm not ready yet. Well, that's, that's not what I said, right? Has this happened to anybody else, right? Wow, you look beautiful today. What did you hear me say? I looked ugly yesterday. That's what I, that's what I heard you say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not even kidding, right? Wow, that's a, that's a unique, that's a, don't ever use the word unique around anybody. That's, that's, that, what did you, that, that's unique. What did you hear me? That, you think I look ugly, right? Listen, no one's saying that about you. That's the lens that you look at life through. If you're, listen, everyone's gonna go through difficulty and, and circumstance, everyone is gonna go through that. But let me just challenge you. If the common denominator if the majority of your problems in life begin with my, my roommate, my boss, my salary, my parents, my husband, my wife, my ethnicity, my upbringing, my gender, my, 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 all the time, I just wanna let you know a secret. Those aren't your problems. You are your problem. I know it's stuck. Some of you, some spouses are like, I should've brought my husband today. Today is the day that I should have brought him here. This is, this is the truth, right? Um, some of you, some of you, us, often, listen, without knowing, the lens that we wear is like, a, is like an Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh lens. It's rainy, it's gonna flood. Look, the sun's out, it's too hot. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is, we have, if we're not careful, we have Christian Eeyores living, I stole this, this is, I stole this kind of from Steve, but living in the same hundred acre wood as a Tigger, Eeyore, life sucks. Isn't it, isn't life amazing? For a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want Christian Eeyores. You have to change your lens and put on the lens of hope. Otherwise, otherwise, we walk around with a skewed view of what he says to us and what we're called to do. If your perspective isn't his perspective, what happens is obstacles become insurmountable. Challenges become too daunting to complete. Difficulty becomes impossibilities. Victories seem unattainable. And in short, your life sucks. Some of you are like, my life is no good. It's not because it is, it's because your lens is not a lens of hope. That is not how we're looking at life. You can go through the same situation as somebody else and if you have a hope-filled lens, your outcome will be completely different. Years ago in, in school, uh, over the summer, I had, a, I had a young woman call me and she just called me basically to tell me that I was not doing a good enough job preparing students to leave the environment, right? Which is okay, we, we have a culture of feedback, so I'm, 
I don't welcome it, so don't ever just tell me stuff, but, but we hear it. We hear it on occasion. So, um, so we talked for half an hour, and for the half an hour, I got, here's what I should do better, and here's how I need to prepare better, and you know, I'm at this church, and it's challenging, and I'm in this town, and it's challenging, in this city, and I, I don't know what to do, and it's, you know, gosh, I thought it was going to be easier, and it's not easier. It's really hard. You should have told me it was going to be hard. Why didn't you tell me it was going to be hard? Life is hard. You should have said something. I'm sorry. So I left, I left that conversation, and she was very happy to have it with me, and I, was, and I wasn't as happy to listen, but I did, and I listened and got done. And I want to say the same day, but, it, but it, if it wasn't the same day, at least it was the same week, I got a phone call from another young woman who told me, hey, I just called to check in. Life's amazing. I'm doing amazing stuff. My church is awesome. The town I live in is great. My family's doing good. School was so awesome. Man, I, I, don't, I would never do anything else. I just want to encourage you. This is the best thing I've ever done in life. I felt better about myself. Here's what they didn't know that I knew. Two girls about the same age, graduated, same year, lived in the same country, in the same city, went to the same church. This true, right? What was different? The lens. The lens that they saw their life through was different. If your life is, is challenging, the first thing you need to do is go, Lord, where's my hope at? What does my lens look like that I'm looking through? How do you know if you lack hope? Everything's hard. Everything is hard, right? You have, you have no vision for what you're doing or where you're going. I told this story. I said I'm not gonna tell them the kids' stories, but I do have a kid's story. One of my kids who shall remain nameless because they're all here today. They can fight amongst themselves about who it is. One of the kids, I was walking by the room and I heard a little, you know, you hear like not quite crying, but a little sadness from the room. Now, if you're a mom, you hop right in the room. If you're a dad, you gotta think through this and go, do I want in that room or not? So after you think through it a little bit, I decided I should probably go in the room. So I went in the room and I said, I said, it wasn't my daughter, it was one of the boys. So I said, hey, son, what's, what's up? And they said, this is so hard. This is so hard. I said, what's hard? Well, here's what they, they didn't do. One of them had a homework assignment to read a book. Remember book reports in school? Remember you have to read a certain amount of pages and you gotta do it well. They went through weeks and didn't read anything. So we've all had this revelation when Friday hits and you're like, crap, I have something due on Monday. My whole weekend is gone, right? Because you have 150 pages to read and you gotta do it, you know, like right now. So they're having this revelation and the response was, this is so hard. And I asked them, um, did, you, did you forget something? I said, what, what do you mean? Did you forget how to read? And they said, no. I said, can you read what's on the page? Yes. Can you read what's on the next page? Yeah. Well, this is not hard. <laughs> this is not hard. This is gonna take time. Oh, and you screwed up for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And your weekend is gone. That's true. But let's just be really clear. You're gonna sit on this bed and you're gonna read through these 150 pages in the next two days. And mom, because she cares about you in a way that I say I do. Is, it's true. Is going to make you food and bring it into you, right? Or you're gonna go get something, someone else, and you're gonna do this a few times a day. 
and you're going to want a snack and you're going to leave your, then you're going to come back and lay on your bed while you read a book that you absolutely know how to read. Yes? Yeah. Your life isn't hard. Not hard. It takes time. True. It's challenging for sure. You don't want to do it. Got it. But it's not hard. You have to have some, I didn't say it this way, but I'll say it this way today. What, we're, what I was trying to do was impart hope for these next two days of your life. You're gonna get through this. But if, you're, if your lens is wrong, you take moments like sitting on your bed and eating meals that someone else prepares for you and you go, it's hard. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't hard, right? You know what I'm saying? It just isn't. You gotta, you gotta change how you think. If you don't change how you think, everything becomes, a, everything becomes a challenge. I had a, you know, I don't know if some of you have it, but I had, I had a little mark on my nail that I don't know, some people get on occasion. It's a little black mark that kind of, some people don't have it. I think, I think I was out of like vitamin F or whatever. I don't know, some kind of <laughs> vitamin. So here's what I did. I went to go find out what was wrong. You know who has no hope? No hope, zero hope. Listen to me. Who has zero hope? WebMD, zero. <laughs> WebMD lives a hopeless existence. Because I went on there to find out what this black mark was. I had four days to live after I was done. This is, this is, on, this is true. A little black mark on my finger and I'm like, babe, I gotta go to the ER right now, right now. What's the matter with you? I don't know, but according to WebMD, I could die at any moment. Because the lens is not hopeful. The lens is always the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. You got to, you have to challenge yourself. I had, I'm going um, to go through this. I had this little deal. Um, I don't want to take up so much time today, but I had this. So I just want to, I'll explain it to you because it does take a little bit of time. Uh, but I got these goggles. You know, these goggles you get, some people are like drunk goggles. Well, I have these goggles were for my kids and they, I got them the other day. Um, and well, let me, I'll just show you. Let's see. Diego, look in there. Look in my bag. And you see these? I, I basically, I brought Heather up the first time. Awesome. I just really wanted to see Heather in these goggles, to be honest. So, <laughs> but you put these on and everything is, is upside down and backwards, right? So I, 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 Heather actually did a phenomenal job that the... Yeah, the second service, I picked someone who wasn't as artistic as Heather, so I got a worse, I got a worse deal, which is what I wanted. But uh, I'll just explain it to you just for the sake of time. You just have them write hope. Uh, write whatever you want, to be honest. Um, and uh, you do it normally, it's fine. Then you put the goggles on, and it's uniquely challenging because your perspective is all jacked up yeah. on here, right? Yeah. And you can still write. It just looks like you're drunk, <laughs> right? You can still do stuff. It just looks... It just looks horrible. And the challenge that we live with as believers is often we, we, we have hope. It's just skewed. We can still, we can still say that we, we have a hope-filled life, but it's just slightly, slightly worse than it was if our lenses were actually filled with the Holy Spirit. It would be different. There's a scripture that we all quote, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. We all know it. Right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. 
we, we quote that of ourselves, over ourselves all the time. And if we're not careful, we neglect the first part of that chapter, which is Israel stuck in Babylon for like 70 years. And that, that prophetic message comes out of a place of pain. It comes out of a place of where Jeremiah says, listen, you should probably get home and get married and have kids and grow food and do life because it's gonna suck for a little bit. But you know what? God's got a plan for you and he's got a future for you and he's got a hope for you. A hope-filled lens doesn't look at your current circumstances. It sees past those to where you're headed, to where you're going. I, I like to say it this way. Listen, the Lord cares. Hope doesn't care about you in your past. Hope doesn't, doesn't super care about your, where you're at right now. Hope cares about where you're going. There's, um, um, it allows you, hope allows you to go through difficult moments. That's what hope does. So I'm not saying your life isn't challenging. I'm not saying your life isn't difficult, but hope allows you to see things in a different way and pushes you past those moments. Right now, listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this story with you, and I understand it's not the most like painful story ever. It's just my story. I don't know if I've shared this here before. I, I, I talk a bit in school, so some of the stories overlap. But um, I had a moment at the at the dentist. If you're a dentist in here, Jesus loves you. Me and you, not so not so connected. But um, I had a moment at the dentist where years ago, when I was in my 20s, I went to the dentist, and the the, the dentist said, "You know, your wisdom teeth are gonna have to come out eventually." because they're really back in there and, and you can't really get behind them. So eventually they're gonna just kind of give out on you and you gotta go to, the, you gotta go to the dentist, you know, and get them out. And in my 20s, they're like, do you want them out now? And I said, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm only here quickly, clean it, let's, we're, we're, we're leave, I'm good. Well, about, you know, I'm 45 and right about now, one of my, one of my wisdom teeth said, we're done, I'm done with you, right? So it started to hurt. And I don't know if you've ever had like toothache pain, but it is just, it's just, an, it's, it hurts and it's annoying and it doesn't go away. It's keep you up at night pain. So I thought I have to go to the dentist. So long story short, I went to the dentist and he said, your tooth has to come out. And I said, okay, I know. And he said, would you like it out now? And I said, well, sure. It hurts, so I'd like it out. He said, all right. And he came back and I said, well, when do you knock me out? And he goes, excuse me? I said, when do you, you know, you know all those videos I watch on YouTube? Those people coming out, like, I want to be one of those people. Like, when, when do you knock me out so that I can wake up and just, you know, call my wife names and stuff? Like, when, like, when does that happen, you know? And he said, no, 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 no. Uh, you said you want it right now, so I'm just going to give you a shot. And then we're going we're gonna to pull it out. And I said, oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be awake? He said, Yeah. You still want it out? I thought, not really. <laughs> and then I felt the pain I was in and you had to make a decision, right? Okay, now listen, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I've never had a tooth pulled ever, right? But I had to have some sense of, I need freedom. So I asked this doctor, am I gonna not be in pain when we're done? And he said, yeah, you're gonna have a little bit of uncomfortable, but that, that aching pain's gonna go away. Hope. Sure, pull it out. I'm a man, pull it out. You know what I'm saying? That's what I thought anyway. 
So he gives me a shot here and he gives me a shot there and he sticks another shot in there and he starts yanking on my tooth. And then he says, hey, it's gonna come out three minutes tops, we'll be out of here. I said, oh, you're the man. No, three minutes, nothing. (laughs) Three minutes, four minutes, six minutes, 10 minutes. And then he turns to the nurse and says, it's not moving. And I thought, we're gonna fight. (laughs) We are going to fight. Listen, this honest truth, in the middle of that thing, I, I thought, well, this, is, this is not good. And then it started to hurt. And I'm like, hey, 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 hey. But not really. I was like, ah, 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 ah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you can't, you can't talk. And he's like, Can I? and I'm like, uh-uh, it, it, it hurt, it hurt. And so he goes, oh, are you sure? And I'm like, are you sure? In my head, are you sure it hurts? Let me yank up your mouth and tell, you know what I mean? Anyway, so he takes, he goes, oh, I'll give you another shot. And I didn't, I didn't think through when I looked at the needle that, and he was rolling it across my face and it was a very long needle for my little tiny mouth. And he stuck me again. And, and anyway, it was a really horrible experience. I'll, I'll, let's just say it was a horrible experience. But then it came out. You know what? I don't even think about that. I mean, I think about it now when I tell you the story. But here's, here's unique. I gotta go get three more pulled. This is what he tells me, three more. Do you know what I need to get three more pulled? Hope. This is honest. I just want to be honest with you, right? I need hope. Hope what? Hope that, that it's going to come out better than what I, ex- what I experienced, right? You have to have hope. If I don't have hope, me and the dentist never see each other again. Never again. You have to have hope. You just, you just have to. It doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter. A lack of hope only allows you to see your past and your present. If you have hope, you look towards your future. Romans 4.18, I love this. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many descendants according to that which he had spoken, which, which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now listen, I love that scripture, but I wanna be honest with you. I've read that so many times and because I'm not a theologian, in hope, against hope, so that it was all a little, so I had looked up a different version. I'm gonna save some of you right now. Are you ready? Now listen, you should read other versions, but this is the message version, Dan. Read other versions, but this one I love. Are you ready? Okay, this is my T.D. Jakes moment. I'm not gonna preach like him, but just pretend, pretend. Okay, all right. Yes, thank you, okay. Are you ready? This is, you know, we all destroy Abraham right? You're going, to have, you're going to have a son, okay? Abraham. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Deciding not to live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Oh, I love that. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Listen, deciding to live not on what not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do, so that he was made the father of a multitude of peoples. And God himself said to him, you're gonna have a big family, Abraham. Abraham lived in a place of hope that was beyond his current now, that moved past his circumstances, that wasn't based on his ability, but simply on what God said. And God saw the hope in Abraham and told Abraham, 
oh man, you're going to have a big family. I love that we had baby dedications today. We had them first service too. Two rounds of all of, uh, there was a lot. You guys are busy doing, anyway, you're busy. We have all this summer stuff planned. We got dreams and visions for our future. A building, lots of stuff, all kinds of stuff around here. Uh, The announcements today, I'm like, we do a lot of things. You know why? God said, we're gonna have a big family. But if we have that, we have to live in hope. Let's stand together. If you have his perspective as you stand, obstacles become opportunities, challenges produce courage, difficulty produces perseverance, victories become stepping stones to more victories, and hard things only make you hard to kill. Listen, I want you to be hard to kill. You and Steven Seagal, hard to kill. No, okay, listen, just... You had to be old to get that one. But you need to be the, you need to be the hardest people to kill in, in this, like in the whole, t- listen, you need to be an annoyance to the enemy, right? That, that circumstances, difficult moments, they only produce courage in your life. It just produces perseverance. That lenses like this, we throw them away and we put a hope-filled lens in our life. Here's what I'd like to do. We're, gonna, we're going to uh, open uh, the time up in just a little bit. Someone's gonna come and do this for ministry. But I would love for you to come and get ministry if you need to take the old lenses off out of your life and put new lenses on. We have things to do. We have places to go. This is Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit showed up so that we could go out into the world and shape the course of nations. And we have to have a hope-filled life to begin to do that. We have to see things the way he sees them. This is my prayer for you today. In Romans 15, 13, we all know this, but may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. The New Living Translation says, I pray that God, the source of hope, if you don't have hope, listen, the answer is really simple, more Jesus more Holy Spirit, that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, today, that's our prayer, that this house, this people would overflow with confident hope, that the promises that you promised us, Lord, that all of those would be attainable because we trust in you. Lord, and that our walk with you would demonstrate that hope, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Bethel Church Sermon of the Week. If you'd like to partner with us in discipling nations and fueling personal revival, you have the opportunity to give at Bethel.tv forward slash podcasts forward slash donate let's bring heaven to earth together have a blessed day